Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. God loves you so much. He is always anticipating you to come to the heart of Jesus. Isn't that good? That anytime you reach out to him, him or call out to him or call upon him, God is attentive to the, to the cries and the prayers of the righteous. Somebody say amen. So we're going to get into it today on our 21 day of prayer and fasting. And we're going to be starting a new series today that coincides with our time of prayer and fasting. And I want to um, just second what my wife had shared. Please visit our website. We have a Spotify playlist. We have a Bible reading program. We have a 21-day prayer guide, okay? So if you don't know what to pray and you want to join our fast, I personally typed out, all right, made a guide for us on the website. You can download it. And every single day starting today, there is a prayer list for us to pray for? How many of you believe in the power of prayer? How many of you understand that God answers prayer, that we don't serve a deaf and a mute God, but a God who loves us and listens to us and wants to bless us? Somebody say amen. All right, so let's go to the scripture today. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 9, verse 3, and Matthew chapter 4. One of the things that I'm pretty good at, pop my collar real quick, all right, is that I love to break down a verse. I love to exposit the text of scripture because it is rich. There is so much cultural, um, linguistic, so much uh, there for us to understand. But today, I'm going to be kind of just just surfacely going over these scriptures because I want to get into a subject that is so significant for us today, all right? So in Daniel chapter 9, verse 3, it says this, uh, 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 Daniel saying this, So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer. Now watch this, in prayer, petition, in fasting. Say fasting. In fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Some will say he wore no lotions, all right? Basically, he didn't put deodorant on, all right? I am asking you to put deodorant on on this fast, all right? Don't come to church without deodorant, all right? And some of you put lotion on. No, I'm just kidding, all right? And it says this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus speaking, actually, he is in, he's being tempted in the wilderness, and he's actually fasting, and he says this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, quoting the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, he says this, it is written, say it is written, by the way, when you go through trials and tests in your life online and in person, you ought to declare, it is written. The Bible says this, that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, or the King James, for every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Really quickly, your life is not just sustained by food and water. It is sustained by every word of God. Somebody say amen. Let's go ahead and pray. And I'm going to go to my knees if you don't mind me. I'm going to pick this up because I'm OCD and I'm a clean freak. So I, didn't look how, I don't like how that looks. So I'm going to leave it right here. I'm going to go to my knees. Would you stand with me as I go to my knees in prayer and join me as we, as we go into, as we begin this sermon and series. Lord, <clears throat> we just honor you and we thank you. God, we humble ourselves before your presence. And starting today, we say, God, that we don't want to be sustained by the things of this world, 
We want you. The only thing for us that satisfies us is you. And so, Father, we are praying as we fast as a church and as we pray as a church that we would see a new anointing in this season, that we would see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that we would hear your voice afresh. God, I'm praying that as we fast, that anyone that needs a miracle, that anyone that needs a healing, that anyone that needs restoration, that we call upon heaven and that you will bring about our earnest desires. In Jesus' name, we ask that you breathe upon this word today and teach us. And may your ears be inclined to our prayers this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray that the way we walked in would not be the same way we walk out, that your spirit would turn on the lights, that your spirit would alter mindsets and change perspectives. We ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Everyone said, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap as you take on a seat, your seats. You may be seated. Awesome. The title of my message today, and let me take a drink. The title of my message today and the title of our new series this morning is called Holy Hunger. Would you say that with me? Holy hunger. Say it one more time online, in person. Holy hunger. The reality is that everybody is hungry. How many of you have been sitting at work in the office one day, or you're with some friends one day, or you're, or you're with family, and all of a sudden, in your stomach, you hear a growl, like weird and awkward, and you maybe try to cough to cover it up, like, whoa, man, that was embarrassing. The reality is that we all have an appetite, say appetites, for something in this life. We were created and designed to have a hunger in this life. Today, my friend, you online, in person, are hungry. You, you have to realize that in theology and just basic life, you don't have to have an education. We study this in theology. But you don't have to have an education to know this or a PhD to know this or be a medical doctor to know this, is that you have, an, you have a, a physical hunger in your life. And not only do you have a physical hunger in your life, you have a spiritual thirst in your life. My friend, your body, your life does not consist of only your biology. Your life consists also of spirituality, the Zoe, the spirit. Someone say amen. And anyone know what I'm talking about today? There are things in this world that you crave. As long as you wear this skin suit called flesh, you will crave things. And let me tell someone today, if you crave anything but Christ, you will always be left wanting, starving, unsatisfied, void, and empty. And spiritually speaking, you will have a growl within that has a deeper hunger for more than what you're eating. I'm begging someone today to thirst and hunger for Jesus Christ because you will continue to be left starving unless you go after him. In fact, you will go after anything if Jesus is not your everything. Someone say amen. 
You will go after anything. I know because I'm human, all right? I want to apologize for anyone that put me on a pedestal, for anyone that thinks me more than uh, I am. I am human just as like you. My wife will tell you, all right? I get on her nerves, all right? My dog will tell you. I get on his nerves sometimes. The reality is we have this skin suit called flesh. So I have a question for you today. What do you hunger for? What are you thirsty for this morning? Everyone is hungry for something. Do you find yourself craving success? This world idolizes success. My generation or every generation idolizes success. Let me tell you, you can have it all. You can have the Oscar. You can have the World Series ring. Your name could be famous. Your name could be plaque in gold. But you can still be left empty. Success is idolatry. And I'll get back to that later. I'm not saying that being successful is a bad thing. But when it is your idol, it is a bad thing. Popularity. Are you hungry for popularity? Affirmation. Validation. Are you hungry for wealth? Wealth is, let me tell you something real quickly, and this is not in my notes. One of the things that Jesus talks about so much is wealth in the Bible. He talks about riches, and Jesus Christ, the King of heaven, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, was himself poor, so poor, did not even have a pillow, did not even, he would say even animals have their homes, foxes have dens, but not the son of man. Wow, what a statement. He would say that I became poor so that you can be wealthy in him. Now, let me tell you, friends, that is true, satisfying, fulfilling life. The Bible, Jesus talks about wealth so much that he says that wealth shouldn't have you, all right? If, if it, and for so many, it is idolatry, all right? Let me tell you, money is a terrible master, all right? But you ought to serve God and let money serve you. Let me say that again. Money is a terrible master, but it is a good servant. We ought to be stewards. I don't have time to teach on this. I will preach about a, to- a topic called generosity because honestly, I haven't covered it. This, actually, the seven years, I've never covered finances in the church. And I believe that God has blessed this church because we have held this belief that we are stewards of what God gives us. It's not even mine. Let me say this to you. What you have is not even yours because one day you will never take it with you. Someone say amen, all right? Do you have your money or does your money have you? Someone say amen, all right? Do you find yourself craving or hunger, hungering for success, popularity, affirmation, validation, wealth, significance? And let me just pause for a moment really quickly on this wealth thing. I just read about a pastor, a very, no, I won't say very popular pastor, popular pastor who left his job, so to speak, to, to do something else in the ministry because he was so tired and he, he, he thought of success differently. I think there's a movement right now, even the Daily Show with, uh, I forget his name, he's a South African uh, young man, all right, in his 30s, our, our generation, but he, there's a movement right now that a lot of people are leaving jobs that are quote-unquote successful because it's deteriorating their life. And because all they do is work, 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 they have no life to live. And let me tell you, that's not what God has in store for you. Someone say amen, all right? God wants you to enjoy the gift of life that he give, has given you. But what I'm not saying is to be lazy, all right? Someone say amen, all right? Pastor said I could be lazy. I don't got to work no more. No, that's not what God, I am saying, all right? 
Work hard. The Bible talks about work hard. If you don't work hard, you don't eat. If, all right? talks, there's a, a great value of work, working hard. But let me get back to my point. Do you find yourself hungry? And what are you hungry for? Affirmation, validation, wealth, significance. Are you craving the things of the flesh, such as sinful and lustful passions and desires that only, watch this, destroy and leave you more empty? Or maybe we're hungry for a healing. Maybe we're hungry for a miracle. Maybe we're hungry to, to just have a better year than last year. Somebody say amen. Give me a little Baptist shuffle, all right? Or a little river dance. I don't know. Whatever you float your boat. How many of you just want a better year than last year? How many of you just want a better year with God? How many want to go deeper with God? How many want to experience God like you never have before? Let me tell you, hearing from heaven is possible. God will move in your life if you desire it, if you hunger for it. Are we hungry for attention? Are we hungry for affection? Are we hungry for true love? But find these in all of the wrong places and all of the wrong people. Maybe you're hungry to be listened to, to be heard, or to even be cared for. Friend, the reality is unless you crave Christ, you will always be found starving, all right? The only food that satisfies is Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Let me translate it in, in Spanish. Jesucristo, la pan de vida. That's all I got, all right? That's it. So what, so what, are, why, what is the significance of fasting? I want to talk about this subject for, for four weeks. Holy hunger. Holy hunger. How do you even know that you're hungry, spiritually speaking? You know that you're spiritually hungry for more when you're not satisfied with life right now. You know you're hungry when you're burnt out on life. You know that you're hungry when you keep replacing thirst for God with sin and lustful passions. And don't look at me, holy. We all have this in our heart. Adam, Adam knew this very well. He's messed up the whole human race with sin, so to speak. All right. So, so, so what is the significance of fasting? Or how do you know you're spiritually hungry? Maybe you just lack the affection and love that you've always desired. Let me tell you, all of these things, you get it all in one bundle when you find the person of Jesus and you feast on him. Somebody say amen. So let's talk a little bit about the examples of fasting and the context of fasting. Moses, say Moses. Moses fasted and interceded. We know fasting goes all the way back to Moses, most likely before that. But Moses fasted and interceded on behalf of the Israelite nation. You remember he was on Mount Oreb for 40 days and 40 nights, uh, 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 receiving the Ten Commandments and constantly interceding for the nation of Israel. Nehemiah, when finding out that the walls of Jerusalem had been broken down, he mourned and prayed and fasted before God, the God of heaven. How about Daniel, when he, seeing a great vision, was alarmed and troubled by what he saw. He prayed and petitioned and fasted for guidance, understanding, and insights. How about Esther, when her people were threatened by genocide, she asked her uncle Mordecai to fast for her as she would go see the king, which was against the law. Not only was she spared, but people, the whole nation, the whole people, the Israelite people were spared, which is called Purim today. The Jews celebrate Purim because of Esther. How about Jehoshaphat? Look at this one. Je what a funny name, huh? Jehoshaphat. 
if you need a name for your child, Jehoshaphat, all right? Or Jehoshaphat, tomatoes, I say tomatoes, whatever, all right? Jehoshaphat learned one day, all of a sudden, he got news, turned on the TV. Hey, Jehoshaphat, your, your nation is, gonna, is surrounded by three nations ready to take Judah down. Three armies coming up against your nation completely surrounded on every side. He inquired of the Lord and called a fast for the nation of Judah and God delivered them. Maybe today you are surrounded by issues and problems, proclivities, and you're just so completely tired and burnt out. Well, join this fast because look at Jehoshaphat. He called and inquired of God and God delivered him from all of his enemies on every side of him. Come on, someone say amen. That's what the Lord will do. We are in a spiritual fight. We are in a spiritual fight. What the problems you're facing are not just they're, they're spiritual. They're spiritual problems. But watch this. God is a mighty deliverer. He will answer in a time of need. He's a present help in time of need. Someone say amen. How about Jesus, the Lord and Savior, fasted in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, being tested and tempted. The word from the Greek for tempted is tested. He was tested by the devil before he began his public ministry and overcome the devil and his temptations. And it's an example to us that we can also overcome. And he understands and sympathizes with us because he himself was tempted, all right, and has overcome the devil himself, all right. How about Paul? He fasted for three days after being knocked down while seeing the risen king, Jesus Christ. How about the early church? Often fasted and prayed for guidance, deliverance, insight and wisdom, new leadership, and practical ministry, not to mention all of the prophets who fasted to keep the nation accountable, all right? But also fasting we see in the Bible in biblical context is also symbolic of mourning. Say mourning. Mourning and grieving what? Sin. How about Jonah? When he went to Nineveh, he, called, uh, he told Nineveh, if you don't turn from your wicked ways, this whole nation is going to perish. And what did they do? It made Jonah mad. They actually repented. They grieved. They fasted. And they wore ashes and sackcloth. And God saved the whole nation. So we see a bunch of context here for the reason of fasting. You know, the Bible says this. In fact, Jesus says this. He says, when you fast... He doesn't ever say, if you fast. Now, fasting is not, a, is not a sacrament, maybe like baptism or communion like we just took. It's, it's, not, it's not necessarily uh, that we have to do it. It is assumed that we will do it in our spirituality and in our faith as we journey and follow Christ. Why? Because sometimes in this life, your transmission is going to be lost Sometimes your frequency might get a little hazy. And when you abstain from food or social media, you reconnect with God. Let me just share an illustration. I think, I think Jovan's somewhere over here. I asked him, where are you at, Jovan? I'm going to have you come on up here to the front. Here he comes. I remember when I was in education at Baldwin Park Unified and Azusa Unified, we learned about bats. All right, how many of you experienced bat before? How many of you touched a bat? Nobody. I don't know if it's random, all right? Uh, or dolphins, all right? They use, they, they don't, they cannot see. So they use echolocation. And we used to do this kind of cool uh, activity with the kids. And I think it's a great illustration of just how to connect with God. 
we would blindfold the kid and then there would be another bat symbolic of, let's say, Jovan. And Jovan, let's just say, clap your hands, all right? Just, or clap your hand once, all right? And I say I was the one blindfolded. What I would do, he's sending a transmission and a signal to me. And what I would do is I would clap back with my eyes closed. Now you go clap. And I would, I would find him with this frequency. I would find him with the sound. Now imagine for a second. Let's do, let's do your musician. Let's do double time. Here we go. Ready? Go ahead. Okay, that's, okay, I lost you. I, I'm, not, I'm not a musician. <laughs> I thought I could hang with you. But, but, oh, he said slower. Okay, go ahead. Go easy. Go ahead. Oh, you're still clapping. Okay. So, <laughs> he, okay, you're good. He would send a transmission to me, all right? I believe, I'm coordinated. Don't get it twisted, all right? I, 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 would, I would find him with my eyes closed, all right? And, and sometimes to make it more difficult and harder, what we would do in this activity as we put three more children in the, in the activity, and we would try to still find that place with other kids clapping. It would make it hazy. It would make it frustrating to actually find the source of where that's coming from. All right, give Jovan a hand, a clap, all right? So here, here's my point and what I'm trying to illustrate to you today is that God wants you to see him. In fact, I would even go as far as to say this. When you fast and pray and you say, God, I'm going to search for you, God's going to say, you just showing up on time. It was me that put the desire in you to come after me. All right. God wants to reveal himself to you. A lot of times in fasting and in praying, all right, God unveils, say unveils. What God does is he's going to do unveiling in your life. He's going to show you why you're dealing with that issue. He's going to reveal to you how to deal with that issue. Like we just read about all the famous people in scripture. He's delivered them through fasting. He's answered them through fasting. He's given them insight and wisdom in fasting. Some of us today, we need wisdom in our life. This year, we have decisions to make. We have places to go, so to speak. We have to make decisions. And God wants to to give you that wisdom from heaven. And when you fast, he will give it. And the frequency will be brighter and it will be clear. For some of us right now, the frequency is hazy. Right now, there's a lot of trouble in our life. Maybe there's a lot of internal noise in our life. Maybe we're going through bouts of depression and discouragement. Maybe we're dealing with all kinds of things from 2022. And what the fasting is going to do is it's going to give you a clear transmission. So I want to continue to teach about this today and the next four weeks, all right? So what exactly is fasting? Fasting is paradoxically paradoxically feasting. Fasting is feasting. Fasting is not dieting, all right? Fasting is not a hunger strike. Fasting is not trying to get God's attention. It's the opposite. It's getting our attention. Fasting is not for false righteousness, all right? True fasting is having an appetite for God. In fact, if you're just trying to look good and you go, you know, I'm going to join this fast because I'm trying to lose weight anyway, let me tell you, your motive got to be pure. Your motive has to be pure. Your motive, if you want to see God, the Bible says the pure in heart will see God. All right, so your motive has to be God. But, but what are you fasting today? Maybe you need to fast social media. Some of you need them fast social media. Some would say amen. All right, some of you need to fast maybe TV. Maybe you need to fast uh, food or certain kinds of food. And by the way, I'm no doctor, and we do have nurses here, 
But I even believe, and I've heard and, and from testimonies, that when people do fast, medically speaking, their blood is much healthier in, in any way. I mean, you're getting tons of benefits all the way around. So fasting can be abstaining from food. So fasting is abstaining, but you're also replacing. Say replacing. So as you're fasting and as you're hungry, you're replacing that moment and that time with, uh, with feasting. Say feasting. With feasting on God. How? Through prayer, through scripture, through the word. Let me just share a story with you for a moment. Eight years ago, I'll never forget this time. I was finishing Bible school. I was a straight A student. I made the dean's list. All right, I loved what I, I, I loved my education, and I was ready to receive what they call in the ministry an appointment. Say appointment. We call this an appointment, a calling. All right, where God is calling me. And as I was graduating in my last semester and almost finishing up. I remember at the time, no doors were opening for me. I remember the church I attended at that moment just had no availability or no space for me to use my education and, so to speak, my, my calling. I remember I was beginning to apply at churches in Brea and other churches around the area. And I remember connecting with the Foursquare Church because that's where the denomination where I got my education, I remember connecting with them, and they said, sure, we have an appointment in Kansas. We have an appointment in uh, Iowa. We, I'm like, man, there ain't no Mexicans over there. I'm not going, all right? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That's a, that's a joke, all right? I, 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 there, no, we all know Mexicans are everywhere. Come on, you know? We're everywhere, baby, except Australia, because it's too far. You know, it's too far. Ooh, too far. I'm, I got that from a comedian. Anyway, all right. I'm not called to Iowa, Foursquare Church. I ain't called to Kansas City, all right? And I began to be frustrated. And at the moment, my, I've shared this story before, so you might know. At the moment, my, at that time, my wife's car, her 1994 Honda Accord, gotta love it, was stolen again. And for lack of a better word, I was PO'd at God. Kind of like what she shared. God, we serve in the church. We're committed to you. We even give. How can this happen? And I was fasting at that moment. I remember hearing God say, what? Like, what? If you give to me, to the church, for the reason of, your, of all those things, you're giving with the wrong motive. And you're giving with the wrong heart. You don't give to me so you can have these things. You give to me because it's your act of worship and everything you own is mine and I give it to you. Come on, someone say amen. I was frustrated. God, I signed up in the ministry. I'm, I made the dean's list. Why doesn't that church want me? Why do, I don't want to go to Iowa. What's there? Nothing. I'm just, I just, if I offend you, I'm sorry. All right. You'll probably say nothing too. All right. No. I don't, God. So I remember driving up to the Azusa Canyon as I was fasting and praying. And I heard clear as day. God might as well spoken audibly to me. Michael, I want you to understand. He revealed and he unveiled to me. Every door that is not open, it's not because those people closed it. It's because I closed them. Wow. Well, why? <laughs> Ouch. You know why? I have a new appointment for you. An appointment not from man, an appointment from God. I'm calling you to start a new work in Pasadena in this region. I have dreams for you to use your story to help people, to give people hope, to teach the scripture with passion. I want you to start a church. And I said, Lord, this is not what I signed up for. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and with good wisdom, I, I said, Lord, if you're calling me to start a church, 
I'm going to ask my senior pastor, I'm going to ask an associate pastor, and I'm going to ask one of my professors. And every single one of them unanimously said, yes, yes, yes. We see this gift on you. God bless you. Go with the Lord. May he bless, may he bless your ministry. And that we, Karina and I, seven years ago, almost seven years ago, in just a few weeks, set out to plant a church because we believe that God is calling a generation back to him in the name of Jesus Christ. Someone say amen. All right. And watch this. The Bible says this, that wisdom is proven by her fruit. As nearly a thousand salvations later, almost seven years, somebody say amen. And not only that, but we lasted the trials and the testings of COVID-19. I can tell you trial after trial, I've preached in front of nobody. Come on, somebody. I've, I've had to believe that there was someone on the camera, that there were people on the camera that were, I had to lean back on that mountaintop experience that when God called me that there, even in that moment with an empty building that pe people were going to come to Christ and people uh, that were hungry for hope were going to be filled in Jesus' name. And I'm here to declare to you because of that fast, you are here today. Somebody say amen. And there are many more people on their way in the name of Jesus. God wants to reveal himself to you powerfully. I have seen miracles in this church. I've seen financial miracles in this church. I've often shared before that one year, Karina and I, we were, we were like she was saying early, uh, earlier, we had two full-time jobs and I was maxed out. I said, Lord, I, I need to give, I would like to be a, a full-time in this ministry. One person donated a whole year's salary to, to me so that I could be in a ministry and lead the calling fully uh, uh, for a whole year. And the next year, that, that salary paid itself off. Come on, somebody say amen. We've seen the Lord move. And how about this? You say, Michael, that's amazing. Look at the way God showed up for you in your life. But I'm looking at you and saying, man, look at you. God wants to show up in your life. Come on, somebody say amen. How many of you are hungry for this? How many of you want more of, of God and want to experience miracles? How many of you are tired of the status quo? How many of you are tired of being complacent and comfortable? By the way, over this fast, I am praying for forgiveness for Christians that are living comfortably and complacent in their faith. When we're called to be the light of Jesus Christ, somebody say amen. Over this fast, I am praying for a steep deepening, strengthened faith, that we would not be um, scared about what we believe, that we would hide in our closet, so to speak, that we would be bold in the name of Jesus, that we would see power unleashed from heaven. Somebody say amen. In the Revelations, it says this. Jesus accuses one of his churches in the book of Revelations. He says this. He says, I have this against you. You are lukewarm church. How many of you like lukewarm coffee? Not me. <laughs> Here you go, Starbucks. Take that back. Give me my money back, all right? Jesus wants a hot church, passionate, zealous, and on fire for him that is hungry for the things of heaven more than the nibblings of this world. Somebody say amen. Look what John Piper said. He said uh, uh, he authored a book called Hunger for God. If you don't feel strong desire for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because you've nibbled so long at the table of the world, your soul is stuffed with small things and there is no room for the great, but God wants to move greatly 
in our lives. So the next 21 days, we are going to abstain and we are going to feast. We're going to abstain and we're going to feast on his presence where God is going to release words of encouragement, where God is going to release fresh wisdom from heaven, where God is going to release breakthrough in the marriage, where God is going to release physical healing in your life. Come on, someone, where God is going to release uh, healing from depression and discouragement. It's time to stop going to bed anxious, not being able to sleep with cold sweats. It's time to be restored in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm getting passionate, not for your applause. And I love that. That's awesome. I'm passionate because I want you to believe this. I'm passionate for my church to believe and to go further with Christ than they ever have before. I did not sign up for mediocre in my ministry. And if you, if you want, I, I, I played baseball for many years. And let me tell you, the athletes that get better are the ones that want it the most. And let me tell you, if you want it the most with God, he is going to give you that and so much more. And I am praying for a cancellation of depression over this whole church and anxiety. It's time to be, it's time, and I'm going to publicly say this, devil, it is time, your time is up to stop bothering us with anxiety, discouragement, and depression. We are going to be firm in our faith and say, uh, in the name of Jesus, you, hold, you don't have any power over us in Jesus' name. And not only that, not only you and not only me, not only this church, but also the city of Pasadena, the city of Doherty, the Monrovia, Alhambra in the name. Even as I speak, you know who I'm talking to today. You have been discouraged. You have been depressed. In your heart, you're leaping right now because you're saying, Pastor, you're talking straight to me. Is healing possible? I can't get over the trauma of the past, but God is saying it is possible with me. Come on, someone. Stop going to pornography. Stop visiting websites. Stop drinking. Put down the bottle because the, those things are never going to fulfill you in Jesus' name, but only Christ. Someone say amen. You out there? Come on. It is a time for abstaining and replacing, all right? How about this? Fasting is about utterly depending on God. It is depending on God. I'm asking the musicians to come on up here. Fasting is about utterly depending on God. We live in a culture that says, I am self-sufficient, I'm Miss Independent. Come on, I know what you, you know what I'm talking about. All right, I'm Mr. Independent. I, I am a one-man successful, uh, what do they call it? I, I'm successful because of me, all right? I forgot the terminology, what they call it. You get to shout it out, but they, you know, I, I, I'm independent. It's, I, I did this. I'm Snoop Dogg. I want to thank me. Well, I, God bless you, Snoop Dogg, but that's not the life that we're called to live. The honest truth is, Snoop Dogg, you blessed because God allowed you to be blessed. Let me talk to someone here today. You're so tired of being tired because you are self-sufficient. I'm going to tell you right now, be honest with you. Karina and I have led this church for seven years, and we're in a new dimension of life with two toddlers. Fast for me, all right? That's a lot of work. But we've led this church. I'll, I'll just say me. Let me say me. I've led this church with self-sufficiency, with my own creativity and my own ideas. And let me tell you, 
When those plans didn't work out, man, I was hitting a wall. Man, I was just tired. I want to kick my dog. Sorry, dog. All right. You can't do life without God. You're trying to do life without him, and you're tired of it, and you're at your wit's end. Fasting is about weakness, and in your weakness, his power is made perfect. We live in a culture that will tell you, you be independent, but independence, all right, is insufficiency. Dependence on God is sufficiency. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When I am weak, I am strong because my power and my energy doesn't come from me. I want to let you know I'm not on this stage all by myself. There's another person with me, and I'm doing this with God inside of me. Come on, someone say amen. It's time to thrive this year in 2023 because you're not going to do it alone, and you never walk alone because you're going to depend utterly on God as your provider, as your sustainer, and in your creator. Just like my wife said, if you don't have a job, it's okay. God got me. If my, if my husband ran out and left, on, left me, it's okay. God got me. All right, I know I'm struggling, but I'm still coming to church. It's okay. God got me. Come on, someone, you out there, all right? I'm utterly depending on God for all of my sufficiency. How about this? The purpose of fasting, friend, is to hear from heaven. Wow. I talked to this gentleman. He, he often gives me wisdom. And he is Episcopalian, all right? Totally different than my faith. But I, I, well, not totally. He loves Jesus in a different style. But it's okay to talk to people who worship differently than you. Somebody say amen. He's wise. And I often talk to him about wisdom and Sometimes I'll share with him, you know, uh, I heard from God in this area. And he stops me. He makes sure to stop me. And he says, Michael, what? You heard from God? Wow. Let me tell you, one of the most powerful things in this universe, not just the world, in the universe, is to hear from God. And you can hear from him. You can Hear his words, I love you, I'm here for you, I will provide for you, I care about the things that you care about, and I want to be everything that you hunger for, for, for you can hear from God. My friend, over 21 days, lean in, engage, even if you choose to eat a cheeseburger one day, I'm not going to be mad at you. Just show up the next day and continue your fast. Come on, someone say amen, all right? Even if you're in Chick-fil-A with that number two spicy deluxe, all right? Just, just leave. do you mess up one day? Get right back in. If, you, if you're in that number two cheeseburger uh, with grilled onions and extra veggies and banana peppers, I'm sorry, with, with light well fries at In-N-Out, and you mess up one, just get back in. God's not, obviously, we're not a legalistic, just get back. Maybe last year, you're one in foot in, one foot out. You came to church sometime, you joined life group, and you're upset at yourself, you're ashamed. We're not ashamed of you. Just jump back in. Come on, somebody. You know, it's like jump rope. Just, you just wait, just jump in, all right? You'll get it on. You'll be like, I told you I was coordinated, all right? <laughs> just jump back in. What you waiting for? You know, who, you know why you're not jumping back in? Because the devil himself is discouraging you. He's saying, don't do it. Those people are going to act like they're perfect and they're not perfect. Don't do it. You're just going to mess up again. Don't do it. You're just going to be like your dad. Just, do, just don't jump in. But Jesus is so graceful. He's saying, I got all your baggage. 
I know all about you, Boothang. You think you're going to surprise me? Ain't nobody surprised me. I'm God. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Oh, you messed up again? You went back to the pills? Jump back in. Oh, you got high? And by the way, I do believe, spiritually speaking, all right, that if you're getting high on marijuana, you jump, you're doing marijuana again just because, of, just because, all right, be filled with the Spirit in the name of Jesus, all right? Just get back in. What are you waiting for? Jump. We are a church that says jump back in. There are future people here who are leaders of life groups. There are people here who are leaders in my church, but you're sitting complacent. You're sitting on your hands. And Jesus Christ says it's time to jump in and get hot for me and not be lukewarm. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. This is real life. This is, you know, it's so funny. I'll be honest with you. I've been praying for leaders in my church. And it just hit me right now. There are leaders right here. Don't look out there for them. They're right here. We want to develop you and make you leaders in God's church. Come on, someone say amen. Not, it's not a place for the perfect. All right. Maybe Bob's church. The Epis- no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. He's a wonderful man. Last thing I want to share with you is this. You remember the story of the prodigal son. It's a parable that Jesus mentions in Luke chapter 15. And he talks about the prodigal son. Remember, this prodigal son asked for his, his inheritance early. He was a young man. He said, dad, the dad had two sons. And uh, one of the sons said, dad, I want my inheritance early. So he gave, he gave him a portion of the finances. And the young man left his family, left his father, and he squandered his wealth. Remember, he, went, he squandered it by wild living. He did whatever he wanted. He went, so to speak, did drugs and squandered it away with wrong people, parting it up and whatever, and all the money was drained and gone. And then a severe famine hit the land. But watch, do you remember, and the Bible says this, that he was in such need that he hired himself out to tend fields with pigs. Now, in these days, the, the symbol of a pig was really, really low and beneath you. And he worked in these fields where he saw the pigs. And he, the Bible says he was so hungry that he longed to fill his belly, his stomach, with the pods of the pigs. Look what the Bible says. I don't have this on the, script, on the screen. Forgive me. But it says this. The, he said this to himself. When he came to his senses. Say senses. See, some of y'all right now, the light's starting to come on. Right now, you're feeling the Holy Spirit. He said, he's inviting you to come into your senses. The son said, when he, or when he came to his senses and said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will, look at, he came to his senses and said this, I will set out and go back to my father. You know what drove the prodigal back to his father was his hunger. And I'm trying to tell you today, where will your hunger drive you? Where will your hunger take you? To pornography, to gambling, to constantly being in and out of relationship with Jose one day and Joe the next day, all right? Or Susan one day and Suzanne the next day, I don't know, all right? Relationships, gossip, will, will your hunger take you to drugs and pills and getting high all the time? And by the way, everyone who's getting high is always trying to replace the last high. It's time to get to serve the most high God. Come on, somebody say amen. Will your hunger lead you to clubs and bars and websites 
that you don't belong to? Will your hunger drive you to finding love and affection in all the wrong places, in all the wrong people? Or will your hunger drive you to Jesus Christ where your appetite will be fully satisfied and your life completely fulfilled? If Jesus is not your everything, you will go after anything. One person says this, fasting detaches you from this world and reattaches you to the next world. Jesus says himself, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. What we're going to do right now is we're going to go into worship. I want you guys to stand up with me and let's just, let's just lean in to Christ during this moment of worship. We want to be hot and not lukewarm for Jesus. Let me just pray for us as we go in just a few moments and I'll dismiss. Father, we're just so honored and grateful. Father, we grieve our sin. We grieve the things that we crave that are not from you. And we ask, (coughs) excuse me, Lord, we ask everyone that is watching online or in person that you will draw them under you. You said in James chapter four, verse eight, that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. It's a new season. It's a new time and we're letting go of the past and we're moving forward into our calling and in our destiny into the things of you, Lord. We're asking God to be passionate for you and to be fulfilled in you in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we'd love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com slash give.